quick intro here. So uh, what you're seeing today, if you're if you're listening to this episode, whichever one of the two it is, uh, what I've done is uh, we had an episode that was set to release last week, but it became outdated in a day about um, with the uh, Red Bull Volo finals happening and the 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 stress test happening for AOE four. So what we're decided is we're gonna we're gonna create some Frankenstein episodes. Um, so. The first part of each episode will be our discussion from last week. Um, if it's in the Red Bull Wool Low Camp, it's just talking about all the things going into the quarterfinals. Um, and then the second part for the Red Bull Wool one will be us talking about the quarterfinals and the finals. So that'll be exciting. Um, for the other episode, it will be us talk. Our first part will be us talking about the Holy Roman Empire, a little bit of history mix in there. So that'll be a lot of fun. And then uh, I watched some of streams of the stress test so maybe my first initial reactions to that so that is how the episodes are gonna go and we'll see you on the flip side Hello and welcome back to the Age of Empires. Uh, Age of Empires, the ASAP Weekly Age of Empires podcast. I'm your host, Lazero, and I'm joined by Boxer Saint. How's it going, Boxer Saint? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, yeah, we're 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 filming a show here today. Um, there's been some things going on. Um, I guess the one thing that I that I guess to keep in mind, maybe, maybe. Uh, We'll do some announcements off the top. That's probably the best thing to do. Um, there's a big stress test that's happening for Age of Empires 4. So maybe that could be an announcement. You can look on Age of Empires website or Twitter to find out. So I'm curious how that's going to go. But they're just making sure that the system can handle that many people playing the game. Um, and apart from that, for ourselves, I, for, for the time being, I'm not going to be doing any like show match tournament things. We had our recent one last time, but... Uh, we won't be doing any new ones for now. Um, yeah, I guess that's the only really announcements. Join our Discord if you want to hang out and chat and ask us questions. Um, that's potentially a thing that I might be adding just so we can answer them on the show. If you have specific questions you want to talk about, you things you want us to talk about, just throw them in the Discord. Uh, we'll try to get that going a little bit. Um, but Boxer Saint, how has it been going for you since we last talked? Good. Um it's been a while. I feel like since we spoke, but it's been a month. We'll see. <laughs> see. It's been a long month. I think since we last talked, I purchased a house that I had I didn't see before I purchased it. Um, so I'm planning been, a move across states again. You're okay because of the okay. I think I caught up. Yeah. Do I understand? Okay, keep going. <laughs> I, think you, I think you knew that. I don't. I think it happened after uh, mm. after the last time we we spoke on the podcast. Um. So we're planning a move. It's been a very long month. Um, and I've I've met a lot of people in the streaming community. So a lot, of, uh, a lot of streamers at around 1100 ELO for some reason. Uh, but they're all kind of in this group. They call it the that's, rating party. That's the streamer ELO, I feel. That's the streamer <laughs> ELO is 1100. If you're, 
if you're below 1100 you you don't want to stream it and if you're above you're too good to stream you're it. pro so you're a pro streamer you know you're yeah. not like a streamer streamer yeah yeah um probably no i i think i i, I totally understand i think we i briefly mentioned it last show that um there may be some potential thing happening with you in regards to that but i don't think i gave it any other details and we're gonna purposefully keep it uh subtle unless you're planning to announce it here right now <laughs> No, I like your. I like the suspense of it. Just I'm well, working. The, I'm networking mm-hmm. on behalf of uh, of the show. Yeah, yeah. Boxer, boxer, a foreign, a foreign correspondent. I this was what I was thinking about the uh, the other day. I'm like, like what? When's the point that like someone starts like talking? See, I feel like the point when I've made it in in the in the scene is when someone's like networking on my behalf but they don't tell me you know what i mean like when someone does that and i don't give them the blessing but they do it anyway that's when i feel you've really reached the pinnacle you know (laughs) unsolicited unsolicited uh networking for you that makes sense um no but regardless uh we we do have something we do want to talk about we're gonna start with age of empires 5 i want to finish off the civilization previews that we've been doing um so in order to do that uh, let's start off. And the last civilization I think we're going to look at here from Age of Empires 4 was the uh, Holy Roman Empire. So I'm going to briefly read something about the civilization. Um, pretty, pretty... It, I'm going to read the history part of it and then I'm going to try to like fact check it with my knowledge from like a decade ago. And we'll see, we'll see where they meet in the middle. For those who are fans of the earlier podcast, maybe you'll enjoy it. Um, which apparently still i still up on the feed i don't know why i've left it there but apparently you're still listening to it so i guess i'll keep it up um regardless holy roman empire is a civilization shaped by powerful infantry army made stronger by the support of the religious unit the prelate the holy roman empire is an age of empires uh in age of empires four spans the years 936 to 1517 that is interesting to me just from a historical perspective um, that they're going up to 1517 um, just because I know that's like a really long span for when it was actually when when you kind of consider it, it like I, I very much think in the middle or the earlier part of it so it's interesting that they're going all the way up to there but then again this is a game and you do need to level up you need to you need to move up in the civilization uh tech tree so I, I guess that makes sense uh, the empire set in a region that co- uh, compromises modern Germany claimed to be the rightful successors of the ancient Roman Empire. Its emperors controlled Central Europe with a stalwart infantry of exuberant Lentznechte and aimed to capture the center of the Christian world itself, Rome. In age four, the Holy Roman Empire stands out through their early access to religious units available from the first age onwards. Through careful use of the prelates, players will be able to buff villagers, speeding up their economic growth. So it kind of feels like the prelate right away what I'm getting from this, this this religious unit um, is going to be healing nearby armies. I feel like this game is going to have a lot more healers, but that are they're not necessarily going to be like converting. They're just going to be like healers to like make these fights last longer. Do, do, do you feel similar vibes from this game as well? Um, I hadn't heard of many other healers. Is it the, I was saying Rus or Russ? Do they also yeah, have the a Russ. healer? Yeah, they the also, Russ also oh. have a healer. Maybe that's the what what were we called? They had like their archetypes, so maybe that's one of the archetypes. That would make perhaps. sense. Perhaps. Um, yeah, it, it'd be interesting to see how stout they are. Like right, monks, monks in age two are very easy to kill, and so you, <laughs> that's why you don't see them kind of in the middle of battle too much. 
Well, like, I, I think it would be interesting if, like, you know, the default Armin Age doesn't really consist of, like, a healing block, right? Um, but in most other uh, RTS games, you usually have some units that, like, heal you, right? Like, they're just, like, keep your army alive. So if you have, like, a nice... There's, like, a... There's not, like, a specific ratio, but there's, like, a ratio where you can, like, keep your units uh, alive longer. So I could just seeing, like, having, uh, you know... You have your like main army, but then you have your healing group that's just keeping your army alive, so the fight lasts longer. And it, it, that's what it does. That's what having healers does. It allows get, like the fights to last longer, um, which you know can be more interesting, can be less interesting depending on who you ask. <laughs> um. Uh. So yeah, this is interesting that they chose the. Okay, so I'm gonna do some some uh, research here, but it is interesting to me. Okay, so I wasn't completely mistaken. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> okay, saying? so sorry, sorry, sir. Let me let me say the words that I'm seeing. All right. Yeah. Um there's very much like yeah, this idea in history of like the Rome fell, but they're trying to like recreate Rome. There's like there's like a sense of it, so uh, the Holy Roman Empire definitely falls into that, um, that kind of <laughs> category of empires after Rome being like we're going to rebuild Rome, right? Um, yeah. Which I think is so interesting, right? Because uh, you, when Rome falls apart, like in the West, all like the European countries are just they just all become these little like small kingdoms, right? Um, where like a lot of times you just kind of stay in your little area and you have like a little little lord that maybe has a couple soldiers to protect you guys uh and then you give them food and you just kind of live your life like that like <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of what happened especially right after the fall of rome so um it's definitely uh but this like m- the myth the idea of rome is so so great that all these future empires uh you know want to recreate it um i think but, it still yeah. exists today i i would don't quote me on this i think that happened in world war Two. i think the mussolini was kind of pulling that in the the image of the roman empire to inspire his his people interesting well it's it's interesting because like i think every great leader thinks of the great leaders of the past right like um complete side tangent but we're here so let's do it um <laughs> uh like you you look at the German like leaders in World War One and World War Two, um, but they're already like being ins- they were inspired by uh I can't remember his name right now. But uh Charlemagne. No, no, no. They were all like already Germany had become a country that um that had these like leaders that were like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna you know make Prussia because that that's what it was before they combined to make the, the the Union of Germany, right? Um, we're gonna like make it like a proud thing, right? So this kind of like it's kind of interesting how you look at that history because because for about like fifty years, um, in that history, there's all these leaders being like, oh, we're gonna make this country great, and so I just I just find so interesting how people look to the pa- past and be like, oh yes, we're just replicating this or we're the spiritual successor of this thing right i think i think that's very very fascinating nostalgia is powerful it's a powerful it, motivator it's interesting because it, it, you wouldn't consider it nostalgia at that point though right like th- we're talking about it's it's something more akin to myth right 
like if you're let's just say okay so in age of empires 4 age of empires 2 like most most of the stuff that's happening right we're, we're talking like let's just say around the year to thousand just to give it a general general time period right um at that point like people in like western europe it's it's been like hundreds of like centuries of not ever like knowing what rome is like so um but still they would look at it and think of it as this great thing that existed in the past so maybe it's a, a little more akin to like yeah myths right i think myth myth and nostalgia are probably linked myths are just mm, older i think that's fair and I think probably that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> myths myths are just nostalgia that's uh that, that spans really generations <laughs> i will um, say if we're talking roman empire the catholic church still holds titles um that were held by Roman emperors and uh, yeah, you you can definitely argue that the only um, visual representation of Rome in modern day, right? Like 2000 years later is, is the Catholic church. So, um, right. I don't really think there's any other organization like maybe Italy, right? Like being in Italy, (laughs) there might be architectural or things and stuff. Yeah. Um proud So, so there. But apart from that, I don't think there's any other like representation of of the uh of Rome that's exists yeah. in our day to day. A strange note. Uh I was reading to get ready for this. The Holy Roman Empire ended in eighteen oh six. Um I'm assuming because of Napoleon. I figure he oh. came in there and stomped somebody and ended it. <laughs> well, okay, but Napoleon the then details. told himself that he was the successor of the Holy Roman Empire. So by his logic, he was he was he was the aggregate. He was the. Uh, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. He, he he in his mind when he lost, that's when the Holy. <laughs> At that point, we get we get extended to eighteen fifteen. Then eighteen yeah, yeah, okay. eighteen fifteen. Um, okay, let's take a look at what this civilization. We giving you context now, right? We give us some backstory. Let's look at what the civilization yeah, that's what is going to look like. Um, okay. Apparently facing them in battle will require careful consideration because um, they have several options for defensive turtling. Oh, that that's what you want to hear in an RTS. Someone's going to be defensive. <laughs> um, so Holy Armor can recover quickly from attacks and their Landsknecht. <laughs> Uh, devastating area of effect capabilities, sure, to make advances against the Duffo. Okay, area effect abilities right away. That's one thing that's going to completely change, I think, if you look at the difference between AoE 2 and AoE uh, 4, right? Is area effect damage in AoE 2 is limited to like two units pretty much, right? Um, well, here I think a lot more civilizations are going to have these these like bigger spells type things, or that's what you'll say in RTS. But like, just you're doing, you're not just hitting one target; you're hitting this general area, and there's more targets in it. You can do a lot of damage to all of them, um, and that's going to require you to move your units around, not let your units uh, sit around. Economically, the Holy Roman Empire has a key advantage: their prelate, uh, unique religious unit, can increase villagers' gather rate. And help ramp up their economy quickly. That is fascinating. So this this healing unit, this uh, unit here, is going to increase gather rate. I I love stuff like this from like a design perspective. You know what I mean? I know it can make the game wonky and hard to balance, um, but like I love when they do unique things like this. I don't know about you. Yeah, especially like economic bonuses. Um, military bonuses are here or there, but you 
you can't really counter an economic bonus unless you go kill the economy. So I really I like to see those in the game, and I like to see how the more skilled players um, use those to their advantage. So me personally, like the more and more I live, uh, read about these sieves, the more and more I'm like happy that they're taking chances. Um, but we'll we'll see how it pans out in the long run because I know some of you like the uh, the closer to chess it can be, the better, right? <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. I, I'm, this sounds like really cool flavoring. It could also be terribly, terribly imbalanced. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, imbalance, balance takes time. Like, let's not get that wrong as well. Um. Uh, their structures have highly durable and difficult to destroy. Uh, outpost towers that keeps can garrison relics for bonus armor and damage, making the Holy Empire truly impenetrable civilization. So this feels like a very defensive minded sieve. Um, but I mean, I still don't know how the mechanics of like buildings work necessarily. Um, but like, I love when okay, so this is something that I do want to talk about. We'll we'll look at the the unit the uh units and the ages in a second, but what I love is when a developer develops a civilization with something in mind, and then the pro player immediately does the opposite. <laughs> so yeah. so I I don't know how much like you know building buildings like close to the enemy base you can do, but I'm just waiting for the pro player to get their hands on this and be like, Yeah, I'm just gonna do the opposite where I just build buildings near your base and win. <laughs> And they're too strong and you can't destroy them. And now you're instead of turtling, yeah, yeah. they you turtle put the you relic in. in the aggressive building. That's <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Instead of turtling, you're you're I mean, they're turtling now, honestly. Yeah. Um, they reverse the inverse turtle. You. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so let's look at the prelate. The prelate is a support unit that heals, inspires nearby armies, granting them benefits. So probably armor and damage and stuff like that um, and healing. So. This, you're probably just going to have these prelates running around helping you. Um, yeah, I feel like already this sieve is probably designed around this unit, especially because of the economic growth part of it. Um, you probably are going to want it. Uh, once again, pure speculation. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have too much more to say on that. How about the land, land Skenecht? That's how I'm going to call it. Is it going to be short form? Like, do you think pros or people are going to invent a short form for the name of this unit? Land, Landy. Landy. Yeah. Okay. I love, yeah. I love their little, is that, is that like um, feathers? A plume. A plumes. A plume. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Lance, Landy's. <laughs> Land plumes. Plume swordsman. Um, is a light infantry. <laughs> um, Maybe I should just like butcher it again. Uh, Lance Connect is a light infantry unit with a two-handed sword, adapt at area of effect damage. Oh, so these okay, th- okay. So these guys are gonna run around and like swing their sword in a big circle or something. <laughs> That's exactly the plan. If you look That's at exact- how big that sword is, they are the uh, the Zelda from uh, <laughs> uh, Super Smash Brothers. I just saw uh, Link. What am I saying? Oh my goodness! I can't believe I said that. I'm gonna get. I mean, no one's gonna say anything, but that that was a terrible. You have to mistake. edit that out. Make sure nah, nah, I'm leaving it in. I, I, I said it with all my of chest. your street cred. All your street cred is gone. Is gone. Um, I like the idea of this unit. Um, it definitely feels like it's good that they have defining units for each civilization. Um, yeah, not, not much more. I, I love the designs in this new game. I'm gonna probably go on about it, but like all the pictures they show of these like nicely organized towns makes me so happy. <laughs> I don't know if that's what the game's actually gonna look like, but. <laughs> 
So you don't you don't want to watch many streams because I'm sure that will be absolute chaos, walls, yeah, house walls. Like it it will not look this nice. Well, well, I, that's what I'm curious about. Like, is like are they going to design a building structure where you just like it forces it to be nice and neat? Um, uh, that's what I'm curious about. It gives me Castle Strike vibes. I don't know if you've ever heard of that game. No, okay. Uh, I'm gonna ring any for, bells. No one. I it's I don't even know how I found it in some like I bought it in Europe first of all and I don't think anyone else has ever played it. Um but what the game did as an RTS is it it forced your military buildings to be inside of your castle walls and then your economy had to be outside. Um but like you it 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 like planted it for you like inside the castle walls it kind of like chose it for you. It was interesting. Um I don't know if I loved it, but it it was definitely interesting. <laughs> I don't know if you have anything more to add to that, or should I continue on here? Add to that, I I am a little disappointed that the ages are just called age one, two, three, and four. Why? I, I feel like somebody had a had a job to go find an appropriate title for the different ages, and uh, maybe that person got sick that week, and they were like, "What do we got?" Age one, two, three, four. Okay, it's going into the game. I completely um, disagree because this yeah. game has so much flavor and uniqueness that I do want things to be very standard. <laughs> I mean, we could just keep going with Dark Age, Feudal Age, Castle, and Imperial. I feel like would have been fine. Maybe that's just that's just mm-hmm. my nostalgia. That's me wanting the myth, the myth of Age of Empires two to stand. There's part of me that thinks they should just like the further this game, the 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 less this game gets compared to Age of Empires two, probably the better. The better it's gonna be. No, the that's better pro- for the probably, game itself, right? Yeah, yeah, that's probably fair. But I just feel like it ruins some of the immersion. You know, <laughs> like even if you even if you want to jump in and play this historical game, it's like it it pulls me out just a little bit. Well, historians argue that the Dark Age never existed, and it's in fact historians that were being highbrow that named it the Dark Age. What do the historians say about Age One? <laughs> Did that exist? <laughs> well, I think the reason that it would be more acceptable is because if you have different civilizations, their timing would be different as to That's when fair. this age starts. That's fair. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it'd be okay completely separate topic but i just thought of it about it for a second here it'd be funny if they like did technology accurate to like time periods so like the civs would it'd be way too complex for a video game but like the civs like the ages for the civ like essentially every civilization ages up with like some big like um invention right um but then there are like certain civs that are like were from earlier times, so they just like never get to that invention. That's the kind of RTS game I want. <laughs> yeah, I think you're describing Empire Earth. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, Empire Earth fun. is a mess, but it's great. Um, I love every minute of it. It's a mess though. Okay, uh, Age One Holy Remember has access to the religious unit, uh, and in addition, town centers are also churches that train prelates. Man, you're definitely it's a good thing that they don't have like 30 civs because you're definitely learning every civ individually. Um yes, which is that. 
which I think is good. No, I think it's good because like sometimes in H2, it's like, oh, Cavsiv, Archersiv, you know, <laughs> which which is good if you're like really late into the game. But early on, it's like, oh, I got a lot of choice, but it's not that much choice. OK, anyway, continue on. Um, they also have more armor, by the way. The I also feel like H3 was the same in that regards, wasn't it? Like each sieve was pretty much its own. Everything was unique. Yeah, that that. So I've been playing a lot of H three, like the campaigns and stuff. Um, and my my biggest thing is is I I don't like. <sighs> I have a feeling that age of H three players are going to absolutely love H four. But I think H two players are gonna play it for a couple months and then go back. That that's my resting theory. Okay. Um, but another thing that happens in H three is because of the way the game balances, or because I'm not used to the game, I don't quite know the point at which I become way too strong. If that makes sense, like yeah. Age of Empires two, um, there's kind of like a constant war of attrition. Um. But there's like a build up phase, and like you want to hit, hit castle right, and and all those things. Uh, you want you want to get the relics. There's there's different like you know things you're you're trying to do. Um, but you usually after you've played a certain sieve enough times, you kind of get the sense of like, oh, at this point of the game, this sieve is really really strong. Mm-hmm. I have no idea when playing Age of Empires three. So sometimes I'll like build up for ten minutes, especially in a campaign mission, which is like you know even even more in my favor, right? And then I'm like, oh, no, I could have literally just built like three squads and won this game. But instead, I built up, got every upgrade, and now I'm just <laughs> rolling through everything. So um, that will definitely be big as well. I think I think Age of Empires 2 players switching over will have the advantage of being able to control multiple units and stuff. But getting the feel for the game, I think, will be um, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's H2- with Age 3 as well. Mm-hmm, for sure. Uh H2, now not to be confused with the game, uh, H2 for the Holy Roman Empire, um, they can have a chapel. It's the landmarks that brings them into H2. So these landmarks seems to be the things that bring you into every age. So that's, that's yeah, that's very much every Civ has their landmark that they make. I like this compromise from Wonders. Is it gives the Civ like the flavor and it means you actually build it. <laughs> uh and it, it creates a large aspired area where prelate is garrisoned inside and essentially um and you have a u- unique uh ability for the holy roman empire to uh, increase your movement speed that's what happens in age two if at any point you have any thoughts just cut it in here okay boxer will do i'll take over age three so for for the holy roman bear um once built in age three, the Burgave Palace produces five uh, landies, uh, spearmen or men at arms at the time it takes to train one, allowing the Holy Rampire to catch up quickly and meritorially. Okay, so this is the, the developer's idea of how the Civ works. Um, get really big economic advantage early, and then you can produce five at once. That's kind of what I'm getting here, right? Yeah. Um, and the idea is like to hold something off. A hundred percent, someone's going to try to minimax the ability to get to H three as quickly as humanly possible, and then attack with like never-ending force because they could produce more stuff. Uh, there are my predictions behind, behind the lines. 
Yeah. Uh, unique technology. Uh, okay, so it seems like definitely monastery focused Civ. And I think this is actually similar to the Rus in that sense too, right? Uh, they have a lot of like uh, monastery upgrades and stuff. So that's another thing that happens in age three. So this at age three, it looks like the monks or the prelates might be more military focused. Whereas prior to this age one and two, they're more economic bonuses. Yeah. Yeah. It it seems like the whole stuff centered around them and it's like, get your economy going with them and then have them help your army win. Um, And the age four, the last uh, Holy Roman empire here uh, age entering the last age by choosing the, Elsbach Palace landmark allows the Holy Roman Empire to further fortify the defensive position. The Elsbach Palace acts as a keep, giving a health bonus to the landmark and reducing damage to buildings within its influence. Reinforced defenses from the keep increase the health of walls, towers, and gates. That is interesting. So you can you kind of just put it where you're being pressured because it will help the walls. That's interesting. There's definitely some like mechanics that I don't fully grasp yet. I know people who probably played the beta might grasp them a little more than me. But there's some like some like interesting mechanics that I'm I'm sure I'll be very excited for. But when I play the game, I'm like, oh my goodness, this was really helpful. Or I might play the game and be like, oh, increased health of walls and towers was not that helpful. <laughs> That's what I feel about this last stage here. Depends on how much you're increasing them by and how hard they are to destroy already or how easy. If you have wall regen, you know, that's <laughs> that's the stat I want. Yes. Um, amazing. Amazing. OK, uh, so that is the Holy Roman Empire. I think with that, we have. Have we gone over every single age? Uh, sorry, every single sieve that's out so far of the eight. I don't know. I think we might have never actually gone over the French and the Abbasid dynasties. So those are things I can, I'm sure I can throw into uh, the shows as we lead up into uh, the end of October. So that's good. We will still have more AOE4 content to get over because I think we've covered the other six civs so far. Um, yeah. How's is that? Your weekend, is your weekend squared away to play age four? So what you're doing this weekend? October 28th, you mean? Or no, for the, the test. For the test? Are you going to oh, hand no, me down? No. I'm, I'm so busy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I may... Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty busy. Um, I don't even know if that 28th, I'll have that weekend to play. But who knows? Who knows? We'll, we'll try. We'll try. Uh- All right. So, Boxer Saint, we're back now after the stress test has happened. Um, and my question... Maybe not my question to you, but I do want to get some of my first initial thoughts uh, on the game. Kind of looking, I watched a little bit of Spirit of the Law play it, uh, play it on the YouTube. It's on, it's up on the YouTube. He has a whole bunch of views for that. Um, and my first initial thoughts, I do like the little kind of UI, the the color the color coding the uh, <laughs> the panel. Um, I do like that. It looks clean. It looks nice. Um, but the one thing that I really just want to mention when it came to AOE4 specifically, what I'm kind of getting an inkling for is when I'm watching a lot of the AOE2 streamers, uh, either streaming or talking about it or playing about it, is they're comparing it a lot to AOE2. And I think it's a disservice. Um, but I'm also starting to have a sneaking suspicion it may be 
that uh, the the team that's making the game may have maybe targeting the wrong crowd. And what I mean by that is I have I have a I have a feeling. All right, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong here, Boxer Saint. Um, but I have a feeling that it may be perhaps better suited targeting AOE three and StarCraft two players than the AOE two crowd. Do you agree or disagree with me on this here? Uh, I don't know much about StarCraft two. Um, yeah. And uh, AOE three, it does f- look like AOE three to me. Um, it and feels a lot. <laughs> At least twice. Three and two target a different crowd, uh, and I have been wondering. I'd love to sit in on some of those meetings and listen to like what target group are they going after? Are they going after? Uh, I don't know. I feel like AOE two. This game came out twenty years ago, and it's definitely big uh, with people that were in there you know, teens 20 years ago. So people in their thirties, obviously you got Hera and company, they're younger, but um, it's got a a nostalgic feeling. And so when you re-release an old game, you're primarily targeting some of those older generations. So I do wonder if AOE4 is, um, is for that older crowd or younger crowd or or what their demographics look like. But um, I I feel it, it's so tough because I just want to like visualize this for a second. Okay, you can go after the AOE two crowd, which is probably the biggest community that's around one of the Age of Empires games. Um, but the problem is, is you make it too much like AOE two. Well, people are like, "Oh, well, I'm just going to play AOE two then, right?" Because they're like, "Well, if it's it's if it's just a clone, let me play the original game." Um, or Alternatively, you go different, and then they're like, "Well, I don't want to play this because I like AOE too, right?" Like, I, I feel it's really tough to have a whole community that's based around one game, and then be like, "We're going to develop a di- a game that's different, but the same, but different, but the same," you know? So I feel yeah. like what I think they're very much, you know, I think it would do them well uh, to target, you know, especially with all the things going on with Blizzard and stuff, right? Like. This is a game that should be targeting the StarCraft community with. I'm going to be honest, right? Um, which is a big community, but right now, like their specific game and their kind of feelings towards the developer is in a very, very low point. Um, maybe GSL excluded. I still watch some GSL, but I think maybe that might be good, uh, especially with all the mo- more modern kind of mechanics. The pacing of the game, I think, is probably more similar to StarCraft 2. So um, my kind of initial feelings that I'm starting to get is uh, they may want to advertise more towards that community, right? Maybe a Warcraft 3 community. Um, some of those other RTS communities that don't already have an established scene, right? With a game that's very much like loved and followed and watched. When I think what's actually happened, which is crazy because... If we look back, right, the reason that they make the Definitive Edition remakes was probably for this game, right, Boxer? Um, yep. And I think it's crazy that they made the Definitive Edition things, but they have already such a successful, like, close-knit community that they're not really going to penetrate, like, the own thing they created. <laughs> like, I think you have to, like, appeal to the other RTS fans that aren't playing AoE 2 right now. Um, the ones that, you know... Uh, are looking for a different flavor perhaps than age of empires too that's that's my initial kind of thoughts as we had as we as we are a month away from uh release here so yeah uh, that would make sense right just from a business perspective you want to get new people involved in your game i've seen that uh you, you familiar with warhammer 40,000 i, I, I yes, you yes, were yes. yeah so warhammer 40,000 has done that i think um and then the the fantasy equivalent warhammer fantasy they went after a different demographic, particularly I think a younger demographic, just with their storyline, uh, with the aesthetics of their newer models. Uh, 
uh, with some of their price points. And, uh, you know, some of the old guard didn't like it. Um, and then there's even people that still play older editions of the, of the game because they don't like the new rule sets. Um, and, and they're always, you know, they release a new army book and a few new models and they always make that. There's a power creep, you know, they make those units yeah, yeah, yeah. way overpowered <laughs> until everybody buys them and they, and they crash them. Um, so there's, there's a marketing to it and you got to have that, that in it. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that actually plays out with age four and who sticks around and who plays it long-term. Here's the worst thing that, that could possibly happen. You know what I mean? And maybe like this is always the fear when you're going on to like creating a new community is you, you kind of make all the older fans of the game. Like, I don't think it's having AOE two Cause right now they seem very dedicated to AOE two, but, um, you know, sometimes if you have this like newer game coming out, what you do is you split the community in half and you have this, you know, this game that's appealing to the younger audience. So the older audience doesn't want to play this new game, but what it does, this new game is it pulls away from that older audience, right? There might be people who are like, oh, I don't want to play this new game, but there's less people playing that old game. So maybe they lose a couple of people there. And then that new audience sometimes, you know, plays the game a bit and then disappears anyway. Right. And so all you've done is kind of hurt the scene as is. And I think that would be the worst case scenario. Um, although my counter to that is I think AOE 2 is very much in a good spot right now. So um, I wouldn't be too, too worried. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's that's think, kind of my final thoughts there. I think H2 is their worst enemy as far as H4 goes because <laughs> they can't. No, you're completely right. <laughs> they can't say this is H2.5 because then there's all these expectations. Age is such a classic game. Uh, the way they designed it, the the units, you know, everybody has basically the same units, but some flavor here and there. Uh, it makes it very fair, relatively balanced. Um, and they, there's some levels of depth that you can't actively build on the front end. Like they, there's a lot of um, like a happy coincidence going on with some happy accidents happen with age two. And it's, it is amazing. So, and they know that they know they can't pivot hard and say, this is the next edition of age two. So they got to take it a little bit different. But then on our end as consumers, uh, the H H two crowd is going to want H two point five, and that's never going to happen. Except they kind of did with with the definitive edition. They did a, a really good job there. It's similar to. Did you see the Diablo two release this week? Uh, no, no, I have not. Did you play Diablo two uh, originally, like way back? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So same time frame as H two, uh, but they came out with Diablo three. It was not as much of a hit. And like a cult classic is Diablo 2. So what they do, they've released Diablo 2 Resurrected, which is the exact same game. And they <laughs> bumped up the graphics and it was a huge release. And uh, you know, tons of people were doing speed runs this week. Um, there was like 30,000 people watching it, uh, watching some speed runs. And I was really impressed. But um, but yeah, I, I think well, you're that's making- the best of both worlds. You're making me, I mean, not me, not worried, but I'm, I'm just curious what was, was Microsoft and like, you know, developers, were they hoping AOE 4 was going to be like this defining, um, what's the word? Like, like this kind of, opus. yeah, like RTS is back type thing. You know what I mean? And I mean, and you know, I'm going to, I'm going to hold my, hold my thoughts on that for now, but I, you know, if, if it is, then I'm like, I feel like you really have to start pushing it to the other RTS communities. Um, because I completely agree with how you kind of feel right now that AOE 2 may be their biggest, their biggest, they've created their own biggest opposition a little bit here. 
I don't I don't think you ever set out to make an Age Two or Diablo two. You know, nobody sits down and says we're gonna make a a a game that defines this genre for a generation. Yeah, that's the goal, right? Like if you if you had that option, you'd love to do that. But you know you can't sit down and do that. So I don't think they're looking at age four and going, This is it. This is gonna be for twenty twenty to twenty forty. Like this is gonna set the tone for RTS. But if you know it what? Did, they would love mm-hmm. that. But I think they're realistic enough to know let's make a solid game, let's appeal to as many people as possible, and let's make something people enjoy. And anything above that is just gravy. And to be fair, you know, like you know, cost production versus how many people buy the game. If, if they can get enough sales of the game, even if it's not, you know, six months, year, two years down the line, it's not the game that everyone's still talking about. If they sold enough copies, they can consider it a success and perhaps give enough just justification to keep on uh, with this uh, franchise. So that's all I hope. I hope I hope whatever happens with AOE 4, AOE 2 is still going to get their six-month uh, expansion release is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I think as long as people keep buying it, they will. Because <laughs> I got to believe the cost on those making a new Civ, uh, it's got to be pretty low. There can't be a ton of work going into that. For sure, for sure. And so uh, with that, this ends our AOE 4 Frankenstein episode. And released shortly will be our, uh, what do you call it? Our episode that we're going to record right after this, but we're going to release the day after. <laughs> Blah! <laughs>